Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Joe and Joe Weather Show. We're normally seen at 7.30 Eastern Time, but to accommodate our Joe Rayo, who's on the left, who's been doing all these virtual library talks, probably going to have to name a library for you before too long. Uh, we've been moving the show around <laughs> from time, uh, from day to day and from time to time, so we appreciate uh, all, your indulgence very much. It all much. comes to an end. It'll all come to an end on Thursday of next week. If, uh, if I'm not dead from being up early at five o'clock in the morning for the eclipse, uh, everything should should go back to normal after uh, another week or so. It, 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 it's going to be crazy, especially this weekend, Joe. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've, I'm going to end up doing in, in some cases. I'm going to be doing like three different libraries in one day, so I'm juggling. <laughs> yeah, I I did I did. Uh two in one day but they weren't virtual i had to go to both of them uh and they were right. several hours apart but they were in the same general area wow. so uh it, it worked out but yeah you know it's, it's that's that that's the beauty part about doing these virtual talks is i've i can string together if i don't i haven't done it this way but i can string together like three in a row one could be like in uh riverhead long island the next one could be up in uh the Saugerties in, in the Hudson Valley. A third could be in Sussex, New Jersey. And I could do all three of them virtually. This Zoom thing is, is pretty pretty darn interesting. Uh, it, it'll, it's going to be hard to go back to uh, the old-fashioned way of doing it, the way you just mentioned, having to go from one library to another. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Uh, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it, it's uh, a lot better to be able to do it sitting from the comfort of your uh, man cave. Yes. 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 Right. It's lovely. Yes. Now, what did my mouse decided to freeze on me for a moment? The Joe and Joe Weather Show is brought to you by. Now, one night you would have sent me, one, one, one night you would have sent me the script for the, the, the sponsors and have me do it. Although I'm Well, almost, that works for I, me. I, 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 I mean, yeah. I almost know it in my head. Right. You know, uh, but uh, I'll, I don't want you know to flub it. I'll write it up and I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. The Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at twelve twenty six North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon six three one seven five six one one two five. Good place to go to to get uh, any kind of emergency hurricane supplies in case you have to you have to do that. And that includes generators, by the way. And uh, the website is omnitruevalue.com. And then, uh, well, you know what? It's not that far away, really, relatively speaking. We're in the sixth month of the year, so before you know it, we'll be singing Jingle Bells. Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini, <laughs> your complete holiday lighting specialist to meet all your decorating needs, whether you want your home decorated or maybe you want to do this as a side business. Give them a call, 631-957-5106. They're at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, also on Long Island. And the website is liholidaylighting.com, and they're also on uh, Facebook by the same name so just uh mark it down and give them a call so uh we have uh thunderstorms rolling through right now i was trying to get my hands on a working radar but ucar is completely down so i couldn't even pull, oh, up, pull up the individual sites but you know what we have our um we have tornado hq and before i bring the radar up joe i want to bring up uh, the uh, I, I have the hazards map uh, with the current temperatures. And the war the warm front was just stubborn. I mean, it really had a tough time. And to a certain degree, it's still having a bit of a tough time because winds on Long Island, for example, coastal Connecticut are all pretty much south or south-southwest. So it's in the low 60s, low and mid-60s, uh, with dew points in the low 60s. Now, the temperatures have cooled off, but it was in the low 80s uh, where, the, where it got warm sectored, which was pretty much from Route 78 south, where temperatures uh, uh, reached up. I saw some uh, readings up at about 83, 84 in parts of South Jersey uh, and also down into Maryland and northeastern Virginia and into southern Pennsylvania, also saw some low 80s there. So uh, they participated in the daytime heating, which kind of explains... You know, why the severe weather is lining up the way it is. There's, um, we've got two working severe thunderstorm warnings at the moment. Uh, one in Ocean County in New Jersey. The other one cuts into up to Monmouth County. And 
I think this line has peaked out. It looked like it was stronger about an hour or two ago, but it looks like it, it's kind of peaked out. And, and you can see what's happening when it's going into uh, this rain into New York City and the western half of Long Island. There's a little cell in, in, in Long Island Sound, but you know, this is what happens when it hits the marine layer. It just, it just sort of flattens out. Right, right. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, there were some uh, uh, projections by some of the models that New York City would be, would be getting nailed right about now with some really heavy-duty activity. But as you just mentioned, they're kind of petering out now as we move into the early evening hours. And while certainly there'll be a threat of some shower activity of some sort over the coming, uh, actually over the next uh, 24 hours or so, if you really want to get the heavy-duty stuff, it looks like that's going to be petering out completely over the next uh, 60 to 90 minutes. And then there may be a chance for some more strong, I don't think severe weather locally here, but some, some activity of uh, convection later tomorrow, then that'll be pretty well moving out uh, thanks to the cold front to our west. And that should set the stage for some pretty decent weather for, uh, for the upcoming week. If you were waiting for a nice summer sultry weekend, I'm sorry. I mean, we, we, we consider this to be a one-week delay in delivery in the weather that should have fallen on the holiday weekend. But, if, you know, for, for those who want to jump in the pool or maybe go to the beach, you're going to get your summer weekend here, Saturday, Sunday, and even, I think, on Monday as well. Well, you can even throw in Tuesday and Wednesday if you'd like. The next cold front's not, yeah. uh, not uh, due until then. We'll touch upon that in the long range in a bit. There's some uh, strong st uh, storms tonight up in uh, central Vermont. Uh, across upstate New York, uh, along and south of I-90, and they extend west-southwestward uh, all the way back to Jamestown. Uh, there's uh, there's the, the cells that where the severe thunderstorm warning that we warnings that are up here for uh, Monmouth and Ocean County in New Jersey. Uh, that's in response to what looks like a pretty strong little cluster there, just to the west. Uh, coming out of uh, southeastern Pennsylvania and moving eastward. So I, I guess the Weather Service is anticipating those cells to hold together there, which would make sense. It's, you know, they are, they, th that area has been warm sectored. Further south, uh, there are heavy downpours in eastern North Carolina and southeastern Virginia. There's flash flooding here going on. And by the way, there were, I don't know if they're still up, but there were flash flood warnings up uh, for areas in and around Philadelphia in southeast PA from uh, the thunderstorms when they rolled through. I mean, we talked about this yesterday where uh, the ground was saturated from the weekend rain and it never really got an opportunity uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday to dry out. It was, it's not like we had blazing sunshine and cloud-free conditions and low dew points so that, that uh, moisture could evaporate. It, it, it was uh, semi-ineffective sunshine, I think we could call it, with all those high clouds, uh, and, and that kept the ground pretty moist. Seeing some showers, uh, heavy downpours also in coastal South Carolina, some scattered cells in and around the state of Georgia. Um, there's none near me at the moment, thankfully. But uh, head down toward Alabama near Tuscaloosa, some big cells there. Also in southern Mississippi, southeastern Louisiana. And we still have a ton, an absolute ton of rain uh, going on. For the entire coastal bend of Texas, from Brownsville all the way up uh, around the bend uh, to uh, Port Arthur. It's just pouring in many areas uh, and some embedded thunderstorms there. And this is where WPC was having a field day uh, with the, you know, pretty much putting up the same three to five inch rain forecast for three or four days in a row for the next seven days. In the meantime, the rain has just kept piling up. And this is tropical moisture, by the way, that's come in from the Gulf of Mexico uh, that uh, is responsible for all of this. And you know, maybe if this were a little bit deeper into the hurricane season, uh, we would have seen something come out of it, depending on what the uh, conditions are. Yeah, was there somebody on. last night who was talking about a – somebody last night on the chat board was talking about a rogue storm heading for Texas? And uh, Yeah, well, this was – and, and, This was more of an inverted trough, really. Yeah, no, yeah. they, they, they yeah. didn't. So uh, that uh, that storm, uh, let me just refresh this really quick and see if we can see how much time is left on this. Uh, okay, so uh, the warning, it's 8.39 Eastern time. So the warning uh, that is in effect 
for Middlesex Monmouth in Ocean County has five minutes to go. Uh, this was a severe thunderstorm morning, and at 8.11, the cell was located over Lakehurst, or about eight miles west of Tom's River, moving northeast at 40, running up at a... Actually, there was there was a, a clip, uh, there was a, a, a couple of renegade cells that developed ahead of the line that were moving north-northeast up the coast, and those are the severe cells, and they also have those cells uh, that are sitting just to the west of there, and they had they did actually have a warning for Burlington and Ocean County, uh, as well that has expired there was a tornado warning but not in our area this was in south carolina uh, back uh at, at about an hour ago for uh, dillon and marion counties in south carolina and just taking a look here there's another tornado warning in uh, maryland in hartford maryland uh, back at 653 this evening so it looks like at least certainly with the storms that are uh, impacting us at the moment uh in, in the northeast that uh, the uh, they they peaked pretty much between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. or so, and now they're slowly beginning to weaken, especially as they head northeast in that, into that uh, cooler marine layer. Yeah, and um, cooler, that's not a word that we're going to be using too much of in the coming days ahead, Joe. At uh, In the Hudson Valley, I've got uh, temperatures tomorrow. Well, tomorrow the temperature is going to be held down because we're still going to have a, a lot of cloud cover out there. Um, and again, we still will have a risk uh, or threat of uh, some, some rain or shower activity. Let's not forget also tonight there'll be some probably areas of fog too. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going for temperatures tomorrow, uh, depending upon where you are in the Hudson Valley now, somewhere in like the 68 to 74 degree range. And then here it comes, sunshine on Saturday. Temps ranging from, um, let's say, 82 down by the Sound Shore areas up to almost 90 degrees uh, for urban locations like Yonkers, for example, or Mount Vernon. And then just, you know, just go for like 90 on average for Sunday, 92 for Monday, uh, upper 80s to near 90 on uh, Tuesday. So, again, uh, I hope you, for those of you who have been waiting for the warm, if not downright hot temperatures, here they come. I kind of drew in the jet stream here, uh, uh, what we're dealing with. And the cold front is, is actually well, probably on the western edge of the showers and storms. But the upper trough is la la lagging behind. And there is, you know, there is a rotation there. You can see a little twisting in the clouds. And that's what we're going to be dealing with here in the northeast and northern mid-Atlantic states for tomorrow. Actually, for most of the mid-Atlantic states for tomorrow because that upper trough has to move through to pretty much finish the house cleaning process that we need to we need to go through. Uh, so there might be a, a, a few more scattered showers or even a couple of thunderstorms uh, for Friday before this uh, lovely upper high, which which is the reason why the front's not going is because that upper high offshore is so strong. Uh, but uh, eventually the trough does get out of the way, and then the ridge will be allowed to build in the eastern part of the United States. The upper high and, and the ridge starts to build in the east, and of course that is going to bring up the temperatures relatively quickly. In Texas, you can see what's happening here. You have a lot of moisture that's coming out of the subtropical Pacific across Mexico into the western Gulf of Mexico, just shooting right up, and it's just been unrelenting there. Uh, with uh, a almost a, a, a continuous flow of moisture for the for the last several days, and it may go on uh, for uh, for a little while longer. Uh, the uh, Storm Prediction Center, uh, there was that severe thunderstorm watch that covered a fairly large area from eastern Pennsylvania to western New Jersey, and then ran all the way south, covering a good chunk of the state of Virginia and everybody in between. But now much of the watch in Virginia is is done. Actually, all of Virginia and most of Maryland, except extreme eastern Maryland, still under a severe thunderstorm watch, as is Delaware, uh, western New Jersey, and southeastern PA. But the rest of the area that was under the watch uh, is um, is done. That was how it. That's what this is. What it looked like when it was issued uh, at this afternoon at uh, at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So. Uh, just looking at the risks for tonight, of course, we had that slight risk. Uh, SPC, I think, did a pretty good job outlining uh, the uh, the slight risk zone. 
the marginal risk uh, extended all the way up into northern Vermont, which I think, considering what's on the radar up there, kind of makes sense. And all the way down into Alabama and Georgia and the coastal Carolinas. Again, the radar is kind of uh, verifying uh, pretty well with uh, their forecast. Uh, you see the uh, rain on radar that's down along the Texas coast and that small area of marginal risk in South Texas. Also marginal risk tonight from uh, west, uh, eastern Oregon, northeastward through a, a small portion of northern Idaho into northwest Montana. For tomorrow, the Storm Prediction Center has, has marginal risk up almost to Route 195 in central New Jersey. It looks like they nudged it up a little bit further to the north on their last update. And then it runs south down to coastal North Carolina with general thunderstorms possible from Maine to Florida, back to, to uh, almost all of Texas, and then on up the Rockies, another area of marginal risk up in northern Montana. And for day three, as we take a look at day three, and this is for Saturday into Sunday, a marginal risk in uh, northern New York, Joe, and, uh, and uh, much of Vermont and a good chunk of the state of New Hampshire. But no thunderstorms are forecast for us. A marginal risk up in, uh, nor in uh, northwestern South Dakota and much of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. General thunderstorms across the, uh, the southern states. But I, I think once we get through tomorrow, Joe, I don't think... I I I think 99% of the area probably won't see anything until Wednesday. Well, I, before we get into that, I'd like to just share the screen for a few moments. But before oh, I by do all that, means, I noticed that I know I noticed that Janet Dunn is on. We haven't seen yes, Janet, on the, Janet uh, is on, on the chat board. And uh, I just want to let uh, Janet know. Janet is over at the Westwood Library, and I'm going to be giving a. I'm going to give a virtual talk for her library two days, uh, two days before the eclipse. So I'm looking forward to that. She and by the way, Joe, she uh, we made these arrangements. Uh, there was you may remember that it was a Sunday. I think it might have been Super Bowl Sunday where we had like a, a, a quickie three to four inch snowstorm. And uh, that's when Jan and I were getting together and making the arrangements for this talk coming up next week. And I, I'm thinking back, you know. The cold, the snow, the gray skies, the greenness. Now, here finally we're into June, and here the uh, the appointment is almost here. So, Janet, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, servicing uh, your library and your patrons uh, uh, early next week. And now, Joe, I want to uh, share the screen. Um, I'm going to do that right now. Knock yourself out. The show, folks. And I just want to uh, say uh, thank you for I'm, to... I'm, uh, I, Are you still? Thank there? you to who? No, I just wanted to thank Scott uh, Scott Donig, who just hit super chat tonight. Thank you, Scott. He says, awaiting the Ocean County line here in Point Pleasant, my lawn has recovered rather nicely. A week ago, it was on fumes. I'm sure it was. I uh, hope everyone on the chat board can make up for last weekend. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to get we get it. Back. We're we're going to get it back. Obviously, for this weekend is going to be the complete opposite of what last week. We're going to be completely at the other end of the spectrum. Pretty much. Absolutely. All right. So go ahead. Andrew. Renata is very, Renata is very happy because the uh, she just got back from her German club meeting, and um, Guten Tag. <laughs> uh, that's that's the only two German words I know. <laughs> it, but anyway, uh, uh, the, her, her German club is having uh, this uh, big outdoor membership uh, meeting. Uh, they're going to be serving hamburgers and hot dogs and everything else. And, of course, she's, you know, very curious, you know, you know does the weather still look good? Does the weather... Honey, it looks perfect. For, for In fact, if you stay out in that sun long enough on Saturday afternoon, you'll be feeling like the hot dog or hamburger, I think. <laughs> so it looks good. You're absolutely right, Joe. This weekend is going to be the antithesis, the opposite. We're going to be on the other end of the weather spectrum. But now on my screen, uh, what you're seeing is the 700 to 400 millibar relative humidity. And this is important uh, if you want to get a gander or get an idea of how clear the weather may be for uh, eclipse morning. This particular map that I have up here now is for 12Z uh, Wednesday morning. So this is 8 a.m. next Wednesday morning. And thank God, thank goodness, if this is, if this is right, you take this at face value, thank God the, the eclipse is not... Wednesday morning, because there wouldn't be a chance uh, in uh, you-know-what for us to see it 
All of the blue that you see, or the bluish green or aquamarine color, signifies moisture. Uh, the deeper or darker the shade of blue or blue-green, the cloudier or the thicker the clouds are likely to be. Again, this is in the 400 to 700 millibar uh, zone. This is probably on the order of, uh, what, four to 700 millibars would be equivalent to about, I don't know, 3,500 to uh, 10,000 feet or thereabouts, Joe, right? It, it, right. You, you, wouldn't see very, you wouldn't see very much. So now, if we move things along, now we're looking at, um, this is 18Z on Wednesday, what appears to be uh, some kind of a front, some, uh, call it maybe even a backdoor front, working its way down from the north, probably generating showers and scattered thunderstorms. Again, this is what the 18Z uh, GFS is saying. And then, look at this. By the time we get to uh, evening on Wednesday, these clouds and this front is moving to the south. Now we're getting into the brown. The darker the shade of brown, the clearer the skies are. And I, must, I will tell you, that, look, at the, look at the wind barbs. The barbs are all coming out of a northwesterly direction. And if you look also uh, at the upper-level winds on the European, they too are falling into line. I, and this is, this is why I'm shaking my head, because you rarely ever see this far out, both the European and the GFS on the same page. But they are, they are projecting... Uh, that this push of drier air from Canada is working its way down. And so when we get to 8 a.m. on uh, the morning of the eclipse, of course, the eclipse now is over. But you get the idea that this entire area here is going to have at least partly to even mostly sunny skies on eclipse morning. And so that would that would indicate, Joe, and let's hope that it doesn't change between now and then, but it, right. this would indicate that we are, we are, we are as, as Red Barber, those of you who are ba old-time baseball fans, Red Barber uh, was uh, the uh, announcer, radio announcer for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And whenever the Brooklyn Dodgers were in line to score a lot of runs, he would say, folks, it looks like uh, the Dodgers are in the catbird seat. Well, I'll tell you right now, if this, if this pattern holds up and works out, we're going to be in the catbird seat for the, uh, for the eclipse on uh, Thursday morning because this is about as good a weather pattern as you could hope for. And I've got my fingers crossed that the uh, – that the uh, models do not suddenly decide to shake. And they could, because two or three days ago, who would have thought that we would have a, a front coming straight down through here? I would have thought two or three days ago, Joe, that high-pressure ridge was going to hold forth right on through the entire rest of the week and even into the following weekend. But right. it looks now like it's going to give way to that front and set the stage for some nice uh, weather. Not necessarily a, a whole lot cooler, I, you know, we're talking about like, let's say, near 90 for Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. I think it's going to be on if this holds up Thursday will be more like low to mid 80s. And I think the most important thing is with the winds, the way they're coming down from the northwest, the dew points, which are likely to be in the muggy 60s from Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll get a bit of a drop in the dew point, maybe back into the 50s. Well, by why don't you pull up, the dew, pull, up the dew, pull up the dew point map for, for this time? Frame. Well, why don't I pull yeah, up? Why don't you pull it up? Why don't I? Yes. Um, you have is that? to. Is that in thermodynamics? Uh, it, it might be. I could tell you. I mean, I know the temperatures are here. Uh, I mean, here are the temperatures. Try, try, uh, uh, try going to mean sea level pressure. I think it's the last choice. On thermodynamics? No, no. Go, go to, uh, go to, go to precip moisture. Oh wait a minute. Here we go. Here we go. Two meter. Two yeah, meter two meter dew point. point. Yes, two mighty feet. Well, I think this is that. Not no. Really? What? On Thursday morning. This is predicting. This is predicting a dew point at two meters of forty-eight degrees. Hey. On Thursday jump, morning. Jump for joy. <laughs> jump for joy if that's right. <laughs> you know, that would be. I, I that would. would. Be like that. That that would be like so incredibly dreamy. I mean, I would. I was. I was willing to say. I was willing to say. All right. All right. If it has to be hazy, hot, and humid, at least we'll get that big red-looking sun coming up through the haze or whatever. But this, this is like, what the? Heck? <laughs> that's, that's like an amazing situation if it, if this would have happened. Dry and pleasant air coming down from Canada on northwesterly winds in time for the solar eclipse. We shall see if that that pans out. And I don't know whether or not my friend Evan Zucker. 
I know he's not on the chat board, but I don't know if Evan is watching right now. But if he is, Evan, Evan wants to go to the upper peninsula of Michigan for the eclipse, as close to the zone of the ring of fires as he can. Evan, it looks like from this vantage point, the upper peninsula looks like it's going to have some nice weather there as well. So what can I tell you? It, it looks good. Come back next Thursday when we when we start making excuses about what happened. <laughs> yes. Uh, James Harris, thank you for the hit on Super Chat. James uh, had the day off today, so he wanted to see these thunderstorms. So he got in the car and he drove down from the New York area, from the New York City area, from the Bronx, down toward Delaware. And I've got uh, he posted a video here on Facebook of what he had to contend with on the uh, on the highway a couple of. Uh, hours ago. Let me just bring that up for you so everybody can see it. And there we go. And there's uh, Evan Zucker. My friend Evan Zucker is now on the chat board. So uh, that's great. Well, let me tell you something and, about Evan. And wait, wait, hold uh, on. But this was, this, a, hold on. This was James approaching uh, 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 Ben Franklin Street uh, and, uh, oh, the, uh, and, and the 676 interchange. So focus on the road, oh, James. Okay. Focus on the road. And thanks again for There's the so many of our super chat. Super chat hit. Go ahead, Joe. So you were saying that's your friend. Like I mean, so many, so, so, so many of our roadways are like this. I remember when I used to travel to work to News 12, I'd have to go through Exit 12 on the Hutchinson River Parkway. That's oh. in Mount Vernon. And I get, and every time we had a situation like what, what you're seeing on the screen now, I mean, it was like they, they'd have to just close the road and we'd be diverted off. It'd be like a, like a lake. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you to the chairman uh, who uh, writes uh, everybody on the chat board. Would love, would love for you to lead the Joe and Joe show on a tour for the 2024 total solar eclipse. I, I, be, be, God not, willing. Not jumping so far ahead. Scott, you know, Scott, let's not jump that far ahead. But what I do want to see maybe later in this year, and for that, this to happen, we'd have to have Mr. Chiaffi come back maybe like in August or September, I'd really like to see, Joe, a, a Joe and Joe convention. You know, we all meet somewhere at some restaurant or someplace and just get together and, you know, press the flesh. Well, and, I can tell you, know, you when I can, other. I, can, I can tell you I will be up uh, the, the week before Labor Day because I have to have my teeth cleaned. Mm -hmm. So I have another dentist appointment. So I will look be, at that. I will be so up the your... week before Labor Day. So maybe we can figure something out. So you will week. have your, you'll have your teeth bright and shiny. Right. And everybody will, everybody will be able to see you in all of your glory. And of course, you're going to bring JJ with you, right? Of we all course. want to meet JJ. JJ, JJ goes every <laughs> where where I go, JJ goes. That's that'd be great. So yeah, why don't we do that tentatively somewhere in the New York tri-state area? We will see if we can have a Joe and Joe get together in the last week of August. I, I'm, I'm in, in on that. How many of you on the chat board would be in on that? Raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a Joe and Joe convention, says Mark G. Uh, I just, I just getting back to my friend Evan, Evan Zucker. He is a photographer, and he lives in the San Diego area, and he is coming east for the eclipse, and he's trying to choose whether or not he's going to see the eclipse either from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where uh, they would have, uh, uh, you get as close to the ring phase, the ring of fire as possible. Or in the New York area, he's trying to find a place where he could get a view of the eclipse rising with the skyline of New York uh, in the foreground. And he, he has looked at this very carefully, Joe. There are two places in the New York City metropolitan area. I will not mention where they are. In fact, it doesn't really no, matter because anyway. Everybody because will, everybody will be well, there. It, it, is that, no, they won't. This is the problem that Evan is running into, is the fact that he's written to the Port Authority. Um, he found two bridges that will give him a perfect view of the rising sun and the skyline. And the Port Authority has uh, written back to him and said, sorry, we don't open those pedestrian walkways until 6 o'clock, which is like the, 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 the best part of the eclipse is already behind us. And, and he's, he's gone to other places to try to, you know, other, other with, with some pull, so to speak, to try to convince the Port Authority to open those walkways before 6 o'clock. And the Port Authority has said basically the same thing to everybody. Sorry, we're not opening until 6 o'clock. Safety concerns. <laughs> I asked a friend of mine, I said, why are they doing that? 
And my friend said, knowing the Port Authority, he says, that's what they do. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. and, they, and, and, they, and they do it with a lot of zeros at the the decimal point is a long way away from the first number on the paycheck. Let's put it that way. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, well, let's hope that he, you succeed somewhere, uh, for for a uh, for a good view. Uh, WPC on their rainfalls. As, as we uh, take a look at the rain for the next seven days, everything that you see on the map for for the Northeast is pretty much going on right now and tomorrow. So. Rainfall amounts are uh, going to vary, obviously varying with, re with respect to the thunderstorm activity. This is from 8 p.m. this evening to 8 p.m. next Thursday night. Uh, but after the other, well, it does also included in that would be any showers and storms that we would get on Wednesday with the next cold front. Big rains continuing for right. the coastal Carolinas, uh, several inches or more in the next seven days, uh, extending uh, not too far inland, but far enough inland. And then, of course, you just see that what's been here for the last, at least the last four days, this big, huge blob of heavy rain on top of whatever's already fallen. Uh, we're looking at um, uh, big rain amounts here of uh, another three to, let's go three to many inches, because that's, that's really the only way to describe it, is that the way everything is lined up, they're just kind of getting this endless southeast flow coming in off the Gulf of Mexico and that tropical moisture coming out of the Pacific just shooting right up northward. There's nothing really to shut it off. And there's an upper low down there, too, that's driving it all. So uh, this is going to go on for a while. And meanwhile, out west, and, and you know the scary part about out west, Joe, is that I saw a map. Somebody sent me this as a kind of a guideline showing the uh, the the magnitude of the drought in 2020 versus the magnitude of the drought right now, same time of the year as we move through late May and early June. And I got to tell you something, the drought right now out in the western United States for California, for Nevada, for ports of our Arizona, it is like something like three or four times worse than at this time uh, one year ago. And you remember, it was like, uh, like, like the, the, the the fuse was so was was lit, and everything just went up in flames in August right. and September. And I have to and I have to wonder what is going to happen when we get into the main part of the fire season later on in the summertime. How that is going to compare to what would happen last year? I mean, if last year was devastating and it's already like two or three times worse in terms of the drought now, one can only imagine what what may happen. Um, as we get into the latter part of the summer, we're hoping that that uh, doesn't doesn't take place. Steve LaPointe just hits uh, Super Chat. Thank you, Steve. And uh, Alaska Railroad, also known as Dave, he wants to know what breed of dog JJ is. JJ is, uh, he's half Aussie Shepherd and half Border Collie. Uh, and he's 100% a great dog with that combination. In fact, if I, if I ever go back, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to the pound and just let them know that if they ever get another dog that, that's like him uh, to give me a phone call because I'll be happy to take a second dog uh, like this like like this one. He's um, he's a lot of fun. He's a lot. He's work, but he's a lot of fun, and uh, he's a good dog. Very, very, very gentle. So, and he's asleep right now. He loves to sleep during this and show. You, I don't understand it. You know what? You realize what's going to happen. Well, maybe I do understand. You realize it. what's going to happen. You realize that if, if, if we do have a, a Joe and Joe meet and greet or a Joe and Joe, you know, for, for a convention, if you want to call it that, and you bring along J.J., you know who's going to get all the attention? J.J. It's going to be the you and I are going to be sitting out there. J.J., everyone's going to be crowded around J.J. So, yeah, Smokey, Smokey here, 342 says he's got three border collies, the best dogs ever. They really are. I mean, but this combination it's actually fairly common that to crossbreed the Aussie Shepherd with the with the Border Collie, as I've, I have found out, and like like I said, great uh, uh, great dog. By the way, Johnny Quest had asked uh, me this yesterday, and I I forgot to ask ask you about this since you brought up the drought in the West. Uh, I I haven't seen have you seen anything or any stories regarding the fact that the Colorado River is drying up because of the drought? I have not, but I, as I said, this a friend of mine did send, uh, he, he sent it to me, there's this graphic, and he says, as a, as a guideline, I really should have 
went ahead and just made a graphic uh, and uh, to, to show. And maybe I, maybe I could do that uh, when we get back on Sunday. But right. Uh, but I mean, it, it is it is bad. Well, we've 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 shown maps from uh, NWS and NOAA showing the the broad area of how uh, the the drought has become, you know, severe in many locations out west. And again, it's hard for me to fathom this because was it two or three years ago, the the amount of drought in the United States overall was like 11 percent. It was like the lowest figure we had ever seen in recent history. And you say, oh, that's good. Now we're settling in now. Hopefully we wouldn't have any problems. And literally, like almost overnight now, we've gone from the low end all the way to this. This is like I can't believe how how it, things have dried up so much out west in just a matter of. Uh, uh, of you know 20, 20 or thirty months, it's 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 really really bad. Yeah, Evan Zucker on, on Chatboard said he was just out in Colorado on the Colorado River. He says it's definitely low. So are uh, Lake Mead and Lake Powell. So very serious drought out west, and uh, for, uh, and we're going into a time of year where it, it, getting rain is it, it, it is awfully tough. Uh, so it's unfortunate. Not in not if not if you live in Texas. Well, not if you live in, in coastal Texas. So, so the yeah. so so the bottom line here is with respect to what we're be dealing with going forward. And you mentioned about um, how going back days ago it looked like that we were going to be hot all week. And you know, I, I always this time of year, it, it's awfully hard to string. You got to get a you know, it's got to be perfect in order for you to string together more than three or you can do three to more three very warm to hot days. Uh, four, five tops in most instances without some kind of a front coming through. And I, I, I guess, you know, you have to always be on the lookout, even through the month of June, uh, for the possibility, especially in the early part of the month, especially after what we went through last weekend, you have to be on the alert that some kind of backdoor front is going uh, to suddenly appear. And indeed, that is what's happening. Just running through the upper air, of course, the ridge builds in the east, and that means we're going to get hot. You're going to see temperatures up getting into the 90s and in inland spots starting on Sunday. Even on Saturday, a few spots will get close to 90. Uh, but at Sunday, for sure, Monday and Tuesday, depending on the surface wind direction. And as we go into Wednesday, you'll notice that there's an upper low that's uh, up in Labrador that starts to drop southeastward toward Nova Scotia, between Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. So suddenly... The northern part of the jet stream uh, is uh, back into New England and running into the northeast. And we're just kind of on the edge of this. So that's enough to pull, bring a, a shallow cold front uh, southward. And if the flow is northwest, enough, uh, far enough, you know, strong enough northwest, even though we're on the edge of it, it, it should push the front through. Now, that's going to lift out. And then there's another upper low that comes down from Lake Winnipeg that swings around and cuts a trough into the eastern part of the United States uh, after after that front that we get on Wednesday. It looks like something else comes along for uh, the uh, weekend of June 13th, uh, uh, June 12th, June 13th, and dives into the eastern part of the United States. So uh, this is a early summer appearance, uh, and then it's, and then it's gone. Uh, if if, uh, if the GFS is correct. And then, of course, after that, that lifts out. And we're still kind of in a northwest flow. Also, um, I mentioned this the other day, uh, the setup of the ridge in the eastern part of the United States being a bit further north uh, allows for pressures to be low in the southern Gulf of Mexico and in the Caribbean. Uh, and I'm just pointing out that at least on this particular run, there seems to be some reflection of some kind of system very late uh, around the middle part of the month. This is what we were talking about the other day, uh, that maybe around mid-month we might see something tropical come out of the Caribbean and or go into the Gulf of Mexico. The GFS on this run has picked up on that. It may, be, it may very well be gone on the next run, but just want to uh, at least point out that given the conditions of the upper air, if there's going to be something, if there's going to be a tropical storm that's going to form, uh, it'll be down in the Caribbean, the Western Caribbean, or in the, in the Southern Gulf of Mexico. So, excuse me, one second. <coughs> oh, what a time to sneeze. Gesundheit. Thank you. 
So checking out the uh, the surface as the uh, maps are a little slow to load tonight for some reason. Uh, but here we go. I know uh, Tropical Tidbits was having some uh, uh, problems earlier today uh, with the maps being somewhat delayed. Yeah, the uh, the, the uh, GFS only got out to uh, 30 hours, and I, maybe it wasn't necessarily uh, – it, it probably was a NOAA problem. But something was happening because I, I have access to uh, seeing the uh, the GFS and other models on, on, on another site, and uh, I was able to get out almost – the entire full run was visible on the other side of the GFS uh, 12Z run. It seems like they have fixed it because the 18Z is now out and is able to give us a clear, you know, shot straight on through all the way out to 384 hours if you're so inclined to look that far ahead. <laughs> yes. So um, I also want to say I also want to say Joe that I also want to say that you know since because of the eclipse I don't I I don't I rarely ever if you know look at maps that far out 384 hours and the funny thing about this whole thing is that initially uh when this coming thursday came into play and it was like 15 days out or whatever the ma the maps were showing basically what they're showing now uh they that there would be some kind of a backdoor front with drier air coming on down then all of a sudden that that went away and we had the the ridge of high pressure and the heat humidity i said well that's it. That's probably going to be what we're going to have to settle for. And now all of a sudden, they've come back to this idea. And I don't know how many times you've noticed this, where they show you something and a certain type of pattern. You look at it and they say, oh, that's interesting. Then it goes away uh, and then it comes back as we get closer to the to the time frame that we're looking at. It comes back. It was it was it was evident or it was showing up way, way out, like 10, 15 days out. Then it goes away, and then it comes back. I, right. I, I don't understand why that why that. I don't happens, know why it doesn't but, either. Uh, uh, let's run, let me just run through the GFS. We'll run through the GFS surface really quick because uh, there won't be too much to show. Uh, again, Friday, some scattered storms. I put the preset map up uh, rather than put up the radar. Uh, and then Saturday, again, west wind. There's a, there's a front that actually drops down on Saturday in upstate New York and Northern Vermont, northern New Hampshire, which is why you see the severe weather risk where you see it. But we saw it on the uh, uh, on, on the Storm Prediction Center's forecast. Sunday, uh, we should be fine. Uh, you see a lot of uh, moisture that uh, piles into Louisiana and up into the lower Mississippi Valley and all in the southeast. But it stays there. It doesn't come up the coast. And then on Tuesday, for some reason, the GFS uh, spatters a little bit of measurable preset Monday night. I suppose we could put into the possibility um, that there, there could always be the isolated shower or thunderstorm uh, either uh, you know late in the day Monday or late in the day Tuesday. But in terms of widespread activity, we're probably going to have to wait till Wednesday. And here's that back door that you see right there. Right. Uh, and the low right. that's with the upper low out to the east that's driving it. And it just pushes on through. And by Thursday morning, that front is sitting down somewhere. Uh, in the uh, in Chesapeake Bay and across northern Virginia. So if that's far enough south, I think that we should be able to clear those skies out for the for the eclipse. And uh, going into the latter part of next week and into next weekend, when that next trough gets involved, uh, then you start to see uh, moisture gather again. And this is for the weekend of the 12th and the 13th, where the, the uh, GFS model does have some kind of low and front go, uh, with some showers and storms, and then. Nice big high comes down if this is right. A 1027 high, Joe, with the 552 thickness coming down for Monday, June 14th. So that'll wow. be a that'll be a nice air mass coming down from uh, from Canada if that's correct. You know, I I think we I think it was the summer of I'm trying to think now. Hold on for a second. There's a 2020 and uh, 17. I think it was the summer of 2013 or 2014. I refer to that summer here in the New York area as the Garden of Eden summer, where we just had one huge high-pressure cell after another, after another, after another, coming down from Canada. We never had any protracted spell of hot, humid weather, and it turned out to be just a glorious summer where you use the, uh, you know, I, I use the air conditioning at, a, at the bare minimum, I think. I mean, we used it from time to time. But I called it the Garden of Eden summer because, you know, pick a date. You know, in all likelihood, it'll be nice and comfortable when you step outside. 
And maybe this is going to be one of those uh, scenarios this year for, for us. And you know what? It, it, it makes some sense. We get all those dry air masses coming down from central Canada and across the northeast. Well, what forces that to happen? A gigantic ridge in the west. And that could be the, the, the hot, high-pressure ridge that keeps the western United States dry for uh, much of the summer and sets the stage for some really uh, dangerous uh, fire weather again mid and late summer. Hopefully yeah, that will not happen, but, you know, we'll Ruth, see. Ruthless Goat, who's who's on the chat board from time to time, he, he lives in uh, northern Colorado in Loveland. So uh, the next time we see him, we, we, we will ask him about it because he, he'll know about the state of the uh, the drought conditions uh, in, in, uh, in Colorado. And before we end tonight, I just can I can we share I want to share the screen one more time. And I think he's off now, my friend Evan Zucker. Uh, he said it's, it's din-din time. Of course, remember, he's in San Diego. So for him, it's 6.15, not 9.15. But I want to show you a sample of his work uh, and what he's hoping to get next week. This was an eclipse from 2012. He shot from New Mexico. Can you, can you see that? Yeah, hang on a second, Joe. Uh, yes, I can, we can see it. Should be up on the screen uh, momentarily. I think uh, this was in New Mexico. You could see these uh, wind turbines here and everything else. And the sun, as will be the case on Thursday morning. But this is with a setting sun. The sun was setting in New Mexico. but And this is the same kind of effect that he wants to try to get from New York. If he comes to New York, imagine instead of uh, wind vanes, you have, you know, the skyline. And he's using a big telephoto lens, so the skyline looks relatively small. The sun looks relatively large and huge. And there's the sun. And it's pretty much the magnitude that we're going to have here in New York. Four-fifths of the sun, or four-fifths of the diameter of the sun covered by the moon. And that's, that should be a, just a, a glorious sight to see if, uh, if, if, it's, if, if the GFS, the European, and all the other models are uh, correct. That's what we'll be looking forward to seeing uh, at the crack of dawn on Thursday of next week. I just wanted to say to uh, Alaska Railroad, a.k.a. Dave, because uh, he posted on the chat board about the fact that uh, he lost his dog a few years ago, uh, his husky, uh, that was attacked by a bear. And I just want to tell you, Dave, because uh, the other night, I don't know if you, you you might not have been on the show the other night when I was talking about what happened here, uh, but my, uh, JJ woke me up at 6 o'clock in the morning with a very distressed bark, and he... You know, he's, he's an indoor dog, so he stays in with me. And when I went to the front door, because he, 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 his bark was different this time this time around. It was, not, it was a very, very distressed-sounding bark. And I looked out on my, at my front door to my front porch and into where my driveway is, where I, where I had my truck uh, parked. I, could, I thought it was just at, at about daybreak, and I saw... I thought I saw the shadow of something large moving, but I was half groggy. When I opened the door, there was, I waited, also waited about five minutes before I opened the door. And then I opened it, and I really didn't see anything. But uh, he, the, I'm pretty sure it was a bear that came on my front porch because he took my hummingbird feeder. And I, I keep, you know, my dog needs to run, and I had him off the leash up until a couple of weeks ago, and now I got unleashed whenever we go out because uh, I've got, you know, the possibility that there could be a bear, so I can't really let him out, and he's going to chase the bear. He's going to run to it because that's what yes. he does. Yep. He's going to try to hurt it, H-E-R-D, as opposed to hurt it. Um, uh, also, I have uh, a copperhead and uh, snakes and copperhead and rattlesnakes around here, too, so the last thing I need is to have him uh, encounter one of those, so... I'm uh, so sorry about about losing your dog, but I certainly get the emotional. If we all understand as dog owners, you get that the emotional attachment that we have with our dogs is 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 huge. Uh, it's, it's huge and it's very it hard is. to, uh, uh, you know. They very quickly become they very quickly become part of the family, and they become ingrained in uh, in your in your in your soul, so to speak. I, I'm still not over the fact that I lost mine two years ago, and I know you lost. Uh, Cody, right? yep, my, uh, my Springer Spaniel, uh, about what that yeah. was about four years ago now, yeah. um, three or four years ago, and my cat, uh, 
And that would who he died like three weeks after Cody did, and that was you know that was that was just crazy. Anyway, let's do some super chat here because I had I I've been up since two o'clock this morning because I couldn't sleep last night for some godforsaken reason. Maybe it was the uh, uh, the nacho chips I had at, at ten o'clock last night with uh, with guacamole. Oh. Oh. I don't know what possessed me to do that. I mean, even oh, while I was while I was preparing it, I, I, I while I was preparing it, I, all I kept saying to myself is, "You're going to be up all night. You're going to be up all night." And I went to bed about a little bit before eleven. I got two whole hours of sleep, and I had I know I had a bad I, I don't remember it, but I had a bad nightmare. And then I woke up and it was, and it was half a bottle of Pepto Bismol was still not enough to get to to, to uh, get me. A, Get me back to sleep. So, anyway, let's do uh, let's do a little Briller Jeopardy here, um, and I promise you, Dave, I will be careful with the dog. But believe me. Uh, okay, so you've got it tonight to give to me. Really? I yes, do? you do. You should have I, it. Oh, I will check. Because I I, will check I gave it to you last time. Oh, you you always give it to me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's. Let us check. Let us check. Bum, 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 oh, bum, that bum, reminds bum, me, by the way, we have to correct something, okay? Yes. So when Mrs. Eli Wallach called you, okay, uh, yes. did you not say that you, you, know, you, you referred to her as Ann Jackson? Yeah. It, it's Glenda Jackson. Glenda Jackson. Glenda Jackson. I knew it was a Jackson. Yes. No, I, you know, when you said it, it sounded a little, you know, it, it, it didn't sound right. And then I, I, I looked, I, I was, uh, I looked it up and I was like, I knew this was Glenda Jackson. Uh, anyway, so I just wanted to straighten that out because, you know, she watches this show well, religiously. <laughs> so, so. But she still call, but she still refers to herself as Mrs. Eli Wallach. Mrs. Eli Wallach, <laughs> yeah. But she watches the show religiously. So, so does the queen, you know. Yeah. She sneaks into the she sneaks into the throne room and she she you know she she puts on her weather hat and she's got her uh, her accurate you know weather thing going. Well, here we go with tonight for Mr. Chiaffi from Mr. Uh, from the chairman. The category is top five lists, uh, sister to top ten lists, and since 1869. The five hottest summers in Central Park have all occurred since 1960. So you have to name the five years, get three out of the five to win. You know what? <laughs> yeah, well, oh, God, I'm going to say. Uh, so what were the top five? We know that was after. 1960, the top five hottest summers. Mine. Is there a margin of error with this? You didn't give me a margin of error here. He just okay. Said, uh, All right. I'm going to just try to do it from memory, So, which is not going to be, you know, it's not going to work out well. Uh, so I'm going to say 66. You got one. Yes. <sighs> I'm going to say 66. There's got to be uh, one or two of them in the 90s. Um, 90, 93? Yes, Joe. Two out of five. 56. Get one more. 93. Get one more and you'll get your choice. One more and you'll get your choice from the Spiegel catalog. You know, if, 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 if we were doing this 10 years ago... I, I would have, I would, I would oh, have, yeah. I would have rattled them off. I, and now I'm, I'm, right. you know, my brain is just, just sawdust. Um, seventy-seven. No, seventy. <laughs> yeah, I thought wasn't that wasn't wasn't seventy was it seventy-seven where we had like a few days where it got over a hundred? I remember. I recall. Yeah. Yes, I remember. In seventy-seven, we did have a few. Degree yeah, I, I don't think anything else in that particular summer stood out. So I said, it's what, 66, 93? Oh, God. I, you know what, Joe? Honestly. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you, give I you a hint. I'll, I'll give you a hint. One more, one more in the 90s. 
One more in the 90s. Right. All right. Well, I said 93. Oh, God. I, I you know. 97? No, too bad. Yeah. I All don't. right. You want me to give them to you? G give me the answers because I'm never going to get the, the other ones. You got 66. You got 93. Uh, 2010. Okay. 19, 1983. Okay. And one that I remember very well, 1999. Oh, okay. Which was like a torrid summer. Yeah, that was. So. Was was the was the was 93 the one where we we, we went that the the city went to 90 like 40 days 40 40 times or something. I think it was 39. I think it was 39 times. 39 times. And I think that, I think there's one other one other year that tied 90 uh, 93 for. Most number of ninety degree days, but I just like you. I, I knew that I knew that answer five years ago, or whatever. But you know, as we age, right? The brain. What what do they what do they, what do they, what do they sell on radio to help your brain? Prevagen. Yeah, right. Yeah, or okay. something like that. I don't know. Except you can't. Question two. You couldn't even you couldn't even remember pre, you couldn't even remember Prevagen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You you get up to the druggist. Uh, I was supposed to remember that stuff that helps me remember things. Right. I don't even know why I'm in here. Question two. Now for something completely different. Broadway, which has been dark since March of 2020, will turn on the lights this September. How many of the five longest-running shows of all time on Broadway can you name? And he says, because I like you so much, I will give you the first letter of each show. Okay. Starting with... Starting with number one, which starts with the letter P. All right, I will say uh, P uh, would be. Uh, Jesus, it's I'm thinking either Peter Pan or Pippin. Oh God, I'll say because Peter Pan is one that comes and goes. No, is it the longest running shows of brought you? Does that is is that consecutively? Or a show that's appear, you know, come and gone a number of times. Well, all he says here is, how many of the five longest running shows of all time on Broadway, and asking if you can name name them. Longest and the first one on the list is P. All right, I'll say Pippin. Right. And you are wrong. Okay. This Phantom of the Opera. Oh, Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Um. Here's the second. Here's number two, and the letter well, is C. Oh, cats. Cats. Cats and, is and, and, there. And let me tell you something. Just, 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 just. I. Cats. I went to see cats, and it was the longest eight hours of my life. Okay, and that was, and that was just the first act. Are you all right? And that, and, I took a while you were talking. I was taking. I took a swig of Poland spring water. Oh. And I almost the whole thing almost ended up on my, my keyboard. And, and Joe, <laughs> and, and Joe, that was that, that was the first act. It was torture, absolute torture. It was uh, how I managed to sit through that. That is beyond me. It was uh, look. I know a lot of people love it. It's wonderful. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I kind of think that it's. No, I, 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 I can't. It wasn't for me. I hated it. Hated uh, it. And Janet, on the chat board, Janet Dunn and uh, Murkow, um, Michael Azera, they all, they all knew it was kept. But now, here is another Broadway show long running with that starts with C. What could that be? He said in a very uh, windy vein. I know it's on the tip of my tongue. Joe, it's a, it starts with C, and I said it starts with a very windy vein. I don't think C. I'm trying to give you a little hint there. I know you are, and it's not helping. <laughs> I yeah. Let's come back to it. Come back to it. Go to the next one. Oh, okay. Well, how about L? L? 
Yes. Oh my God, hell! Come back to that one. Okay. Oh, look at this. The wind. The wind. You're not looking at the chat board. No, I'm not. Uh, it just hit me that the windy one was Chicago. Right. Okay. Right. And and so number five, number five on the list is, starts with W. W. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the um, the Wiz. No. The W. W. What's the one? With I can't the... believe you don't. I can't believe that you don't know this one, my pretty. No, no. What's the one? It was like the prequel to the Wizard of Oz with the story about. Um, my daughter loved it. It was you know the story of of the of of Glinda, Glenda, Glinda, and yeah. um, and, and the Witch of the West. Oh, right. You give the title. It's on, I I can't remember it. Wicked. wicked. Oh, wicked. Yes, wicked. Yes. Okay, so, Wicked. so so now we have to come back to um, um, L. L. God, L. L. Jesus. No, that's 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 another show. You want me to give you? you want me to give you a hint? <laughs> yes, please. It started out. It started out as a cartoon, an animated film, and then transferred all of its. Uh, it started out as a wonderful. Anime. Oh, the Lion King. The Lion King. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, Simba. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, Sunday show is moved now to eight thirty. Sunday show is eight thirty. That is correct. Eastern time, five thirty, uh, seven thirty yeah. Central, five thirty Pacific time. Right, because you know Evan Zucker might be watching from San Diego, so it'll be five thirty for him. Well, it could be. I'll let him know if he wants to join in, but no, Mr. Uh, and uh, the the chairman says that since it starts at a late hour, uh, he wants to know from Renata whether she prefers that we move Briller Jeopardy, her Briller Jeopardy, Cooking Jeopardy, to the following Sunday, which would be June the thirteenth. So that's probably that be the best thing to do. So, yeah. I just want to thank uh, Dave Alaska Railroad um, for sharing, you know, that uh, story, uh, that experience with his with with his dog. It's just not obviously deeply personal, but um, if you ever do get, uh, if you ever decide when the right time comes, and you'll, you know, the right time will come, um, you get another dog to love. It, it's a, it's a good thing. It, it's it's definitely a good thing. I the, the, I was in Dusseldorf, Germany. This is, I think, in 2016. We had, this was part of a group of people. I was part of the group. We, we went and we flew up to see a total eclipse of the sun. Believe it or not, Joe, up near the North Pole. This is how crazy some of us are. Mm -hmm. We came back. We were at the hotel. It was in Dusseldorf, and we were saying goodbye to each other, parting ways as we were all going to go back to wherever we, we came from. And um, the guy who organized the trip stepped away for a moment, and there was a young girl there, and she says, now I have to figure out what I'm going to do. I lost my my, my cat, and uh, I waited until after I'd come back from the trip to, to take care of his remains or whatever like that. And all of a sudden, somebody else, big hulking guy who was a, a lawyer, he said, you know, I'm just reminded about the fact that this week, four years ago, I lost my my little dog, uh, Tippy, and I was, I was thinking that. And then all of a sudden, somebody else started thinking about their dog, and they started... When, I swear to you, Joe, when, when, when the guy who put the trip together came back, half of the group was crying. <laughs> because oh, I'm, I'm bad. Yeah. I'm trying to bring a little levity into this thing. He came in and was like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> <laughs> like, when he left, when he left, everybody was like bright, happy, and everything else. He comes back and like half the people are crying. Well, that, but that's, yeah. that you just said, the, the attachment that you have with your, with your animal, with that, your little furry friend, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. Anyway, it is. You have a good, good couple of days coming up. Okay, you too, and everybody on the chat board uh, also uh, have a, a great couple of days. Uh, you got the uh, the live Janet done on the chat board. You've got the library talk. Next one is in the West, uh, the Westwood Library in Westwood, New Jersey. Correct. That's correct. That'll be on June the eighth. That's uh, no, 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 Tuesday. So Janet, I'll be looking forward to seeing you in the flesh. 
in cyberspace. Yeah, I actually, I actually did, I, I did a talk at that li uh, at that library, um, pre-pandemic. Um, it's a not, and, and yes. it's, it's a, it's, it's it, was, it was a very nice library. We had a, a very good, uh, very good turnout, and very good time. So, uh, you enjoy. Have a great uh, Friday, Saturday. We'll see everybody Monday. I'm sorry, Sunday, Sunday. 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 At uh, what time did we say Sunday? Eight eight thirty. Eight thirty. Okay, I gotta write this. Eight thirty Eastern, seven thirty mm -hmm. Central. Let me just write it. <laughs> Let me write it down. Sunday. Eight thirty. Yeah, I know. We did that. I did that whole routine a little while ago. God. I'm on two hours sleep, folks. Two hours. Okay, I'm running on fumes right now, so that explains it. So we'll see you. Uh, we'll see everybody on, uh, on uh, Sunday evening. Good night, everybody. Nighty night. Oh, and thank you for those of you all the super chat hits tonight. Thank you uh, for that as well. Good night.